0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to the weekly movie show with the boy Benny. Hello there. It's just us two this week, friendo. Mm -hmm. Connor is away in the mountainous regions of Canada. Hi Connor. How you doing bro? I'm sure he's listening in, (laughs) critiquing us. No doubt. Um... What a week it's been, folks. We got a lot to catch up on in the world of movies. Uh, Disney Plus, we got some news and it's got a monster opening coming in November. Uh, Also, some more Disney news about their quarterly earnings call. Uh, Bob Iger had a few things to say about. Fox and the Acquisition We've also got some trailers later on And question of the week An interesting one that references uh, Was actually a comment on our uh, Marvel Rankings episode Which is up right about now uh, That was a fun one, right? It was contentious And it was long <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> marathon Yeah, I think that's about uh, Across two episodes About two two and a bit hours So mm. um, yeah, it was It was a, a bl- at a blistering pace having to go through 23 movies. Uh, So, yeah, anyway, we'll talk more about that later in Question of the Week. But before we get into the news, before we get into the trailers, it's time to catch up on what we've been watching. Benny. Yes. What have you seen this week, man?
1: So, I have not watched much, to be honest. I finished up. I've been watching uh, Amazon Prime's The Boys. Okay, you finished Um, it up. I finished it up. Even with that HDR? Oh, God. Yeah, I... If anyone knows how to how to turn that off let me know please <laughs> HDR meaning the the, 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 the high, flowy high, screen high dynamic range the, the high frame rate looks super weird. ultra ultra HD nonsense yes. um just looks makes it look so cheap um and I I was really struggling to figure out whether I I liked it or not whether I was watching it or I hate watching it um now having watched it all and had a little time to settle on it I've come to the conclusion that I really don't think it's any good um and I was just watching it out of morbid curiosity cool because the premise is kind of interesting and there, there were a couple of elements that were that were alright um, at least you're being honest with yourself absolutely I think that's important yeah you know? it's cathartic yeah um, then I watched six seasons of Peaky Blinders uh, it's my favourite thing in the world <laughs> and I'm going to talk about it for three hours um, <laughs> you're going to shave your head <laughs> uh, no I also watched um, <laughs> Hotel Artemis this was a trailer we reviewed last year at some point yes sci-fi dystopia sounds so um, familiar
0: can't yeah, it's like right a now. it's
1: like a mob doctor in a in future LA, I think it is, um played by Jodie Foster. Uh written and directed by Drew Pearce, who um I have a soft spot for. He was the, no, co- the one with Hemsworth. Uh, no. Oh, which one was? <laughs> I I do not know. Okay. <laughs> Infinity War. Um Oh yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um uh written by Drew Pearce, who is the co-writer of uh, Iron Man 3 and writer director of uh, All, All Hail the King. Um, a favourite little short film of mine. Um, and it was a completely very average and not amazing. Okay. Um, couldn't believe how good the cast was. Uh, Jodie Foster, as I said, Jeff Goldblum, Stephen K. Williams, um, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Zachary Quinto, just like a ridiculously stacked cast for a movie that seems like it was shot for a very small amount of money um, by a studio who didn't want to make it. Um,
0: and it was it was really unfortunately just... Nothing special at all. Damn. I mean, uh, I, I'm looking at the images now and I can't even remember watching this trailer. Mm. Uh, it's got quite a distinct look. Very good looking movie. Um, Cool
1: sound to it. Great performances all around. And somehow it just still can't rise up to be anything
0: at all. And the IPs, you know, Lion King, you know, that's the best shit ever. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if it was a Disney remake,
1: I would have liked it more. Yeah. Um, so that was me for the week. Nothing, nothing good. <laughs>
0: Damn. Well, thank you for steering us in the uh, right direction, hmm. or maybe not, because I watched Apostle this week. Hey, <laughs> one, you've been. Uh, you've we we've been talking about this one for a while. This yeah, that, that, was, that was this time last year. Or? That was my number ten favorite film last year. I think. Wow, that's hmm. so interesting. Hmm. Um, so this is a Netflix film um, directed by Gareth Evans. Director of the Raid. Yep and you can see it in some parts here we briefly discussed that over a drink the other night mm. um it's kind of a period
1: piece thriller maybe horror um but it it does have these weird
0: moments where it slips into an almost action film it, I, I i one thing that i i don't know why i thought this but i thought it was a, like medieval mm. um and it, it it when when the film got going i was like okay we're in a different time period so immediately i was kind of like oh, this is interesting, mm. um, this is different to what I expected. And a lot of the film was kind of like that. It was I, ha- I had a sort of image of what I thought this film was going to be and it went in a lot of different directions and was, was quite fascinating. Yeah,
1: before you finish up where you're going, I will say the one thing I remember about watching that movie is, I, and I think I said this on the podcast, I've never had less of an idea of where a movie is going as it progresses.
0: 100%. Mm. Which I really appreciate. And it's edgy seat stuff. Mm there especially in the front half um this guy's kind of sneaking around this village and i was squealing away like <laughs> a 12-year-old girl mm. it was uh very effective and very well constructed um in terms of like the suspense mm. um i thought in the back half of the film it kind of devolved a little bit for me mm. um so much so that it, um i don't know it almost like got that bird box feeling like oh what the fuck i won't i won't entirely disagree i definitely
1: just mostly the ending, I was like, I wasn't sure what it all amounted to. But mm. the experience of it overall, I was so enamored with.
0: I thought, um, and, and you know what was interesting as well, is for what what I... Another really surprising thing about it uh, that I appreciated a lot was... This film was hyped and hyped and hyped about how much gore mm. it had and certain torture sequences and how it was gruesome and, and whatnot. Yeah, I was about to ask. It's sprinkled like, in
1: there. Because Connor,
0: um, I got your back, buddy,
1: he was concerned that this might be sort of a torture porn thing. Yeah. And and had, and had, I don't think it was at I, all. I, I, yeah, I didn't either.
0: And like nothing really that violent happens for 45 minutes. Mm. And, the, and the, the, the first violent thing is like it's not it's not – what you're thinking? It's going to be like some limbs, you know, sawn off or something. Mm. Uh, so th- that was nice to have that from where I expected it to get really gruesome. Mm. When it did get gruesome, um, got pretty yeah, gruesome. Yeah, got pretty yeah, gruesome, <laughs> and it was a, a a problem I had with the film was it didn't know quite which camp it was in. Where was it in? ultra realism camp mm. which it was doing extremely well mm. or was it in more cartoony um, like you know the spear bit that you talked about mm. that was more like action movie mm. so it was sort of straddling this line and I don't think it quite decided which one it wanted to end up in that's not a problem but just like the tone of it wasn't quite there for me so I, I thought about this film a lot mm. and that shows me that it was effective in some way I don't think it was across the board su- successful but I'm glad I watched it and somehow it was better than I was expecting But in and and worse in ways that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. So overall it's surprising I guess what I'm trying to say. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's, that was definitely mostly my experience of it. Um, but like I said, just so different that is one of my highest criteria for a, for a movie is just something, something a bit out there, a bit different, surprising um and gareth evans i'm so interested in i would just wish he'd make more movies what's, um, good, what's next and honestly for me he is one of if not the most successful um director for netflix who's just gone and made like a sort of a, a semi-name director who's just gone carte blanche on netflix and made whatever they want to make it, for me that's ended poorly in almost every case uh, except for that mostly I tend um, to agree with that. So I would like to even see him stick with Netflix a bit and just keep making weird
0: shit. Hopefully he does. Mm. Um, another one I watched that I briefly mentioned on last week's episode, but I just wanted to touch base with you quickly, was The Invitation. Mm. Um, so you, you've you been recommending this to me for a while. Yeah. And that's gone in one year and out the other. Yeah. I'm so Which, sorry.
1: No, that's fine. That's how it happens. Um, but yeah, I, I this was absolutely one of my complete favorite movies of that year. When I finally got around to seeing it, I'd be hearing about it for ages, but had been so careful not to know anything about it because it just seemed like one of those movies. Um, It's best best delivered. The exact same thing. Yeah.
0: And Ash, my wife was like, let's watch the trailer. And I was like, "Nah, Mm. no, let's go in blind. Good move. Yeah. I don't know why. I think it was maybe in the the synopsis. It sort of, it felt like one of those, like it's going to gradually unfold kind Mm. of movies. Mm. Um, but it's interesting how there's so many films, and you know we we've got Midsummer, you know, out last week in Australia. So many films talking, referencing cults, mm. and this film, you know, had that cult aspect to it as well. And I felt like it dealt with it in a really, really interesting way, and the characters. Um, the the unreliable narrator or, or or something to like that effect you know mm. it wasn't quite the unreliable narrator but you were seeing this film through the lens of this character and you weren't sure you know you were you were on the journey with him mm. guessing what was going on yeah it's one of those movies where he's the audience surrogate the 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 protagonist character is
1: unsure of what's happening or thinks something might be happening that might not be happening and the audience has no more information than than the character necessarily exactly and it straddles that line perfectly for as long as it possibly can Um, And and then it
0: unloads and it's like, that is, that is so in terms of pacing, that is artful. I feel
1: brilliantly, brilliantly done. Um, I, that's one of my, when people ask me just for a general movie recommendation and there's someone who's really into movies, like uh, stuff that's a bit more out there. Um, people who I know can take something a bit more intense, maybe, um, that that's one of the ones along with like, you know, X machina or, uh, under the skin—that's like um, your little
0: ace card. Yeah, one of those yeah. little ones I like, got in the back of my yeah. head. It's
1: like, there you go. You, you'll like this. Yes. This is really cool.
0: Yes. So I'm glad you finally got around to that. Yeah, I 100 agree, guys. If you're listening, I at mean, of course you're listening. At home. <laughs> if you're listening in the car, wherever you listen, in the bathtub. I don't know. Not in where, the bathtub. That's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah don't don't watch that. <laughs> no, it's cool. Wherever. Where, mm. um, <laughs> um, go watch this movie. If mm. you're looking for a thriller. Dial this in, man, because this is a really... It's only about 90 minutes as well. It's 100 Mm. minutes. Really, really good one to watch. So uh, that was me for the week. We got some news to catch up on. And that news is movie related. It is. It's honestly mostly Disney related as well. (laughs) (laughs) The Disney podcast.
1: Yep. So first up, Disney Plus, we have some news. It will launch with over 300 movies as well as 7,000 television (laughs) episodes. (laughs) Um I think we've we've heard this before it'll be at uh, 6.99 per month uh, American and will launch on November 12th and they've also announced a Disney Plus Hulu and ESPN Plus bundle for 12.99 a month and now that is the same price as the kind of standard Netflix one so for what you're paying for Netflix you could get Disney Plus and a couple other things as well that is such an aggressive pricing strategy they they are they are coming in hot but uh, anyway 300 movies 7000 episodes of TV um, first, first question, what percentage of that do you think will be anything worthwhile? If we're looking at TV, they've probably got like, like how much of that 7,000 TV episodes is going to be like Disney kids, like you know the Disney, like
0: tween shows. It's um, going to be about 4,000. Let's <laughs> yeah. go for 6,000. <laughs> and 500. <laughs> and then... I don't know how many episodes of the Simpsons there are. Let's go for about 700. Mm. So that's where it's 6,700. The last 300 episodes, (laughs) that's where you're going to get some, some good stuff. Yeah. Um, This is like, (laughs) this is an unprecedented amount of content. Um, uh, You know, obviously we're getting the Disney back catalog of everything, um, all the animated movies and whatnot. We'll see how that all unfolds. Mm. Uh, But, 300 movies, that's a lot of content. For for straight out of the gate,
1: that's pretty good. Um, and they said by the end of uh, 2020, I think they want to uh, be up to... F- I, I couldn't work out the wording if they wanted to get up to 400 or if they wanted to add another 400. I'm assuming up to 400, but um, that's... Yeah, this thing is going to rock the world. Um, and that's not to mention what they're clearly putting forward as the big selling point, which is all the original content that's going to be flowing out over the months and years, um, which is, you know, all the, all the Marvel and star Wars stuff, which is just
0: a huge card to play. It's very interesting. We'll talk. Well, the story later on is about the Disney quarterly earnings call and Bob Iger talking about Fox, but you know, Bob Iger and his recipes for success has been all about IP, Mm. you know, build the ip up and you know once the brand is strong i mean look at marvel man it was only 11 years ago 11 short years ago they were launching with you know robert Downey junior who's potentially could have gone wildly wrong mm. um and to see where it's come now that's brand building that that's that's insane stuff so it's crazy and then and then to boot having hulu and espn that's pretty that's pretty insane man like how, netflix can't compete in that fashion they can compete with Hulu um directly, like that's more of their direct kind of competitor mm. out of those three, but Disney plus and e s p n that's a whole different vertical um niche uh, of content,
1: yeah, which Netflix has never shown any sign of even wanting to to compete with um such huge, and even without those things, just the price alone of of just disney plus um like that's such an easy like not even I would need to choose this on Netflix like I have Netflix. And I'm gonna get that. Yeah. So if enough people jump on board with that, and the you know it's strong enough, people could so easily. I could t- see just being like, man, most of these Netflix originals are not very good. Um, but I'm I'm loving Falcon and the Winter Soldier, <laughs> so I'm just gonna yeah get rid of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't know, it's crazy. I I have Netflix Stan, the Australian Netflix, and uh, Amazon Prime and Anime Lab at the moment. Wow.
0: And you're paying for Anime Lab?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I got oh, really? it. I I got it. I uh, I can't remember why exactly. I think uh, I think it's to watch Shin Godzilla maybe. Um but uh and it basically was a free one. Yeah, it was for something I needed to watch in English or without oh, ads. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. But um Yeah, it, I I'm just too lazy to drop any of them. Yeah, yeah. And I, I watch I, I use I never use more than one of them a week. It's probably just one of them each week and it's a different she one. She probably
0: chalks off 50 <laughs> bucks there a month or
1: something. Don't I don't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Simple arithmetic, my friend. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like if I had to drop them, first would be Anime Lab because everything on there is already free. I yeah. don't know why I'm paying for that right now. Yeah. Um. Then, uh, honestly, at this point, Netflix might be second off no the way. off the on the chopping block. Yeah. Because before Amazon Pro, Amazon Prime, I've been scrolling through lately and just has a lot of kind of cool new release movies that I haven't been scrolling past for twelve months. The uh-huh. past twelve months, you know, like Netflix. Yeah. Where I'm just like. Man, I've seen everything of note on here. It is not pumping out too much more interesting stuff. Um, and Stan, I honestly, Stan, Stan, <laughs> I Stan Stan. Stan. Um, <laughs> it's 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 pretty good content-wise. You, you, change, man. you <laughs> hey, <they> changed, man. <laughs> hey, they, they changed. They 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 to sort me. <laughs> they sorted <finally> themselves out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: They they took my advice of getting good. <laughs> Get your shit together, yeah. Stan. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> Come to the party. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Uh, final thing that came to mind with this is like esports. Esports mm. is getting huge, man. Yes. Like, why why don't Netflix consider dipping their toes into that and and really coming out something there because. I'm, I'm. I don't know ESPN's catalog, but that's a huge entity in the world of sports in America. Mm. Um, I don't know how much they, how big their coverage is on esports, but you know, and anything. Do you, do you follow anything in that space? Or uh, look, I watch a bit of like Smash Brothers stuff
1: on on YouTube, um, and I. Th- You're not on Twitch or anything like that. No, not at all. I mean. That because that is that's a free coverage. Um, I don't. I don't know. I I don't know so little about this yeah. this field. I don't know what they would even offer. Yeah, same. In a paid sense, you know. But um, it's
0: it's definitely something they should be considering because, like you said, a huge market. It's getting massive. Yeah. Nike signed their first esports per- person for sneakers. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not Are get. Are they into built for the speed for comfort? Who knows. Let's not get into that world. Maybe both
1: um next up disney's the lion king our favorite film here is officially now there's a couple of caveats to this one it's officially their highest grossing live action release that is not marvel or star wars related um or if you don't consider it live action which it's really not um it's their highest grossing animated film of all time
0: so it's their highest grossing film that's not related to marvel or star wars basically yeah that's crazy yeah I mean, the first one murdered it in the '90s, mm. almost racked up a billion, which is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. So this was bound to crack a billion. I think we said that from the get go.
1: Yeah, well, all all year I've been saying this was going to be the second highest grossing film of the year, without question. And then when it came out, and the reaction was more mixed than I'd anticipated, certainly critically, I was thought I might have to eat my words on that one. I was like, oh, there's been a few big surprise hits this year, um, such as like Aladdin, which you know another Disney one, but um, and plenty of other failures, but um. Yeah, lo and behold, I checked the other day. I'm like, oh no, it's very firmly second highest grossing film of the year. 1.34 billion. That is not too shabby. Um, Disney must be very pleased with themselves right now. What the top 10 of the year, they've got like
0: five, six, seven movies in it already before Star Wars even comes out. I mean, it's a juggernaut. It's an absolute juggernaut. And it's kind of a little bit underwhelming to see that the... The fact that they're able to succeed financially at that level with something that feels like quite phoned in in a way, you know, it's in it's every strategic. Way. It's uh, it's preying it's tra- on nostalgia strategically, business wise. It's it's very very smart, but creatively and from a filmmaking level, it's not smart at all. It's very unintelligent. It's very sophisticated, but it's not. It's just missing that heart. It's missing that little bit of vitality. It's hollow. Full disclosure: I
1: haven't seen the whole film. I've seen bits and pieces of it um, through the marketing and through working at a cinema. I've seen plenty as well. But um, uh, yeah, I just think it's completely creatively bankrupt. Like it, it, it's, it really saddens me every time I see a frame of that movie. Um, and it, it really feels so gross um, the way that they're profiting this much off, yeah. um, off. Putting out something that is just a shot-for-shot shot remake with, I,
0: in my opinion, significantly less artistry. Um, yes, but in terms of technical innovation, uh, tip your hat to it. That means nothing to me. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Yeah, I, I think I think it's pretty pretty cool. We already have real lions out <laughs> there. God made them. <laughs> Stay out of it, Disney. <laughs> God's the best. Um, yeah. Uh, fuck man like you know like these things it's just so you know like we were talking about the lighthouse trailer last week Mm. and that's really when i'm starting to get a real kick out of movies Mm. you know a few years ago you know big budget you know and i still love big budget like that's our main shtick here on Mm. the podcast you know there's not a day i won't be in watching star wars um day one you know, the, the every fucking Star Wars that comes out from now on. Mm. But something like The Lighthouse Man, where it's black and white, it's 4-3 ratio, it's on film, it's two dudes in a dark set. You know, something very atypical, but that's where I'm like... Connor is yelling at the screen. I, I'm like salivating, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly the and same. And I'm like, I'm getting old. I'm getting old. I might not look it, but I'm
1: getting old. I think a big part of it too is just through the podcast, we have to watch every one of these goddamn blockbusters that come out. And so many of them, especially this year, I would say, had had so little to bring to
0: the table, um, creatively, artistically, how, however. Um, if he, like, to me, this year feels like a tipping point. Like, with the amount of blockbusters that have failed, it feels like it's that streaming is really taking weight disney's moving into that mm. this this sort of hybrid approach of having content on streaming and having content in the cinemas and tailoring it for those audiences mm. um like it seems to be going more 360 like the cinema you know it's not just going to go straight it's not going to do in the cinema for 6 weeks and then hits the ray and and it's available it's like the the, the 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 release strategy over the next few years is really going to be inverted and I feel like we're really seeing it this year. I
1: would love to know what lessons Disney is taking away from, from this stuff because this year alone they've already had three live-action remakes. Dumbo failed pretty miserably. Um, the two that were based on already very successful 90s films um, have done absolute gangbusters. 90s, baby. Well, that's the thing. I mean... Are they seeing the nuances here that, um, you know, the where the where the money's coming from? Because I think that's kind of a bad thing because then it's going to prey on nostalgia even more. Um, I never got to talk about the Mulan trailer. I was away for that one. Oh, yeah. I thought that looked pretty cool. I thought that Me was too. such a step in the right direction for what they're doing with
0: all of these remakes because it was so far removed from so the original. Hear, man. 'Cause so good man. Because I felt like... It was a breath of fresh air yeah, or a uh, fresh of breath air as as uh, Connor <laughs> said last week. Thanks for that, Anthony Teresa. That was a good comment. Um, it, it felt like that's what I wanted to see from a live action. Like that's kind of the MO. Like we want to see it updated, um, given a bit more of a sophisticated real world vibe. Mm.
1: Yeah, play to the strengths of of the, the form. Yeah. Um, like if they'd just gotten someone to play a little cartoon dragon again, that would have just felt silly and hollow. Um, but yeah, it looks like they're just taking in a cool direction. Um, I, I hope that they can keep doing more in that way. Um, even with like Maleficent coming up again this year, that's not in any way a, a direct remake of anything that's come before. Sleeping Beauty is one of the most beautiful pieces of animation ever put to the screen. Um, it was such a labor of love that it really bankrupted Disney studios when they released it. um, just to, to put that as exactly as it was, but kind of less beautiful, maybe, on screen, that would suck. Um, but just to do a different spin on it, yes. it's so much more intriguing. I completely agree. Yeah, but, but the biggest one they've ever done is Lion King, so they're probably going to keep doing that.
0: And this ties pretty perfectly into this next story because... Um, our boy Bobby Iger had a few things to say and he has a few ideas for himself. Yeah, so Disney just had
1: its uh, quarterly earnings call with their shareholders um, and basically seems like the entire thing was putting Fox on blast
2: <laughs> for yep.
1: um, not living up to expectations. Or It feels like this must have always been the plan, right? Because the writing was completely on the wall for Fox's slate of movies coming up uh, in this quarter. Um, we're talking mostly about, you know, X-Men Dark Phoenix being a massive failure. They knew this when they bought the studio um, it feels like this is just a just a way for them to continue laying everyone off, and then all they've got left is the IPs, which is what they really bought.
0: Exactly. So, uh, evidently, Bob. This is the quote from Bob Iger. Oh, what are you doing, internet? Uh uh-uh. Um. So during the call, he said the Fox studio performance was well below where it had been, and well below where it. Oh my goodness, where is it gone? What are you doing? So many ads on this Variety website. Oh. Like God, fuck. I'm in variety. digital marketing. I kind of hate myself right now. <laughs> um, fuck. So many banner ads. Holy shit. Um, was well below where it had been, and well below where we had hoped it would be when we made the acquisition. Aga's tone was measured, oh, but his message was clear. Shape up now. Um, uh, one. Hol- this is uh, in the Variety um, article. Uh, this is a, a quote from a Hollywood producer, quote unquote. I've never seen a public hanging like that. Mm. So quite hyperbolic, but I think you know, directly referencing Fox and putting a lot of pressure on the head of staff there, who um, she let me find her name of oh, um, Emma Watts. Emma Watts, um, you know, she's she's holding that position, and, and they've long. got to figure some shit out. It's it's an assassination.
1: Like this is Disney just saying, All right, we've got what we wanted, you can all go home now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's yeah, really brutal. But um it's it's not wrong. Um I think in the article it also mentioned that if they had not been bought by Disney, they'd pretty much have a for sale sign yep. outside the place right now anyway, because of how poorly they've
0: been performing. Do you think at all if the acquisition hadn't hadn't happened that um everyone would have that kind of oh Dark Phoenix is a dumping ground? Like I think that played into it to some degree. To what degree? We'll never know. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's really hard to say, isn't it?
1: Because I honestly don't think it would have done any better anyway. Because yeah. it, it really it wouldn't f- be drastically different. No, the, the the narrative would have maybe been a little yeah. little different in some ways.
0: But um, and Stuber as well didn't do well. Shocker. Um, yeah, and another one which happened last weekend, the art of racing in the rain. I'm I'm not even across that one. Mm. Total flops. So. Uh, you know, they, they've fully got them in the crosshairs right now. Mm. So, um, X Men in the MCU <laughs> coming up. They're like, you know, Bob bo- bo- Iger like, uh, invites Feige around for dinner. You know, thank God, man. Thank God we got you to sort this shit out. We got him. Thank God you read those comic books, you fucking nerd. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think. Uh, it seems to be that the Disney are really going to shake things up, and they are going to reboot um, basically all their all the properties. So I think I don't know if we're going to get that Disney uh, the uh, Disney Scott Ridley Scott uh, Alien Covenant two, whatever you want to call that. Mm. Um, I think they're basically saying like we're rebooting everything here, wipe this shit out, yeah, clear it, well- clear house. They just announced a few projects for
1: um, Disney+, Plus. a few reboots they're doing. Home Alone, mm-hmm. um, among a few other things, really fairly... Night w- at the Museum. Night at the Museum, uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Like, n- not, like, brands, certainly, but just not, like, the biggest pulls you could ever think. But it's Disney just like, do yeah, their, their they're just magic. doing it. It's like, these are Disney now. These are, we're kind of wiping the slate. Clean, yeah. Did you
0: see Macaulay Culkin's tweet? <laughs> yeah. That was fantastic, man. He did, it like, the real version of 2019. Home I, Alone. I, I love where he... Uh, he appears on Red Letter Media. He's great. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's... Uh, also New Mutants as well. Uh, uh, evidently New Mutants, they were really not happy with, the executives. Mm. Um, so that's a massive shame because that trailer, I kind of never want to see New Mutants now because it's <laughs> such a fucking clusterfuck. Mm. Uh, I'd rather just keep that trailer. It was so perfect. Mm. I was so filled with anticipation and joy the first time you know you could take that you know that little tear of joy mm. feed it to some something and it would grow it would, it would grow a tree that's how <laughs> that's that's how pure that 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 anticipation was and now when, i think it's been too manhandled i think it's would have devolved and that's just not going to work well i think it's covered in dust i don't think they've touched it since they they put it under wraps
1: cuz okay. you know Maisie williams has come out and said it's like yeah everyone's talking about reboots i haven't been contacted and i'm like four years older now i don't look anything like the same person um there's no way they could go back and reshoot any of that movie yeah um it'd be very interesting if it never sees the light of day because when's that happen
0: hey i don't think we talked about the it film um doing the de-aging uh so a big part of their their budget is going towards de-aging the kids yeah because they're two years older and they're like in that you know 14 to 16 age where you know, two years later, you're fucking five foot taller. Yeah, they're all adults suddenly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I never sort of I don't has anyone done it that way, going backwards. It's always I guess Irishmen, so but,
1: but like a, a kid with with, with
0: children. Yeah, yeah, that seems like it'd be a, it's its own task. I'm interested to see how that turns out and if we get any discrepancies there.
1: Yeah, and even if it was necessary, because I feel like they would have started shooting pretty soon. When is the flashbacks going to be set exactly? Surely not before or during the last film. Because Finn Wolf Gang, Wolf Hard, <laughs> um, do, do not disrespect the greatest name ever ever put on a birth certificate. <laughs> Wolf Pack. Um, he
0: he looks fucking different, man. Mm. He changed within like a three month period. Yeah. Uh. Well. Anyway, just a little tangent there. We can we can move on to something else now.
1: All righty. In um, brighter news. I don't know. Um, Game of Thrones creators David Benioff and D.B. Weiss have signed an exclusive deal with Netflix in the wake of a bidding war for the duo, which saw at least six studios, including Disney and Amazon, vying for them. So uh, somehow they are still a hot
0: commodity uh, in Hollywood. Yeah. After all the stuff that happened with uh, Game of Thrones, I thought everyone would be kind of like, this is no way. Like we're done here. Like the public the in the guys. these guys are hated and they've kind of ruined a jewel of a, of a, of a series like that. Everyone thinks it's these guys who did it. Who, who, who knows who it actually was, but the narrative is that these guys fucked up game of Thrones. Yeah. Like it was their names right on the, right on the top
1: there. Um, and if you If you look at all of just the interviews and shit with them, all the like after the Thrones shows or whatever, none of it comes across well for them like they really do come across as people who just got lucky and <laughs> when they got enough power fucked everything up but um who knows what the actual truth of the matter is but uh yeah if you if you were to search their names and look at every single result over the past you know year, it would be ten percent about them trying to sign a deal with whatever studio and ninety percent just people vilifying them. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I like. I don't know what is in this for Netflix right now. I guess there's probably a, a segment of of people out there who are less vocal and would just be like, "Oh yeah, Game of Thrones," and just associate with a good thing. But
0: yeah, I mean, it's a smart move for Netflix in one way. And these guys, you know, maybe from more of a showrunner perspective, they're they're a better asset than a writer. Mm. But I, I. I I'm not fully aware of what their creative involvement with Game of Thrones. So I can't really comment on that. But um, I, I think it's interesting that Netflix were in a bidding war with Amazon, Disney, six studios in total, mm. and they decided to throw, I think, 200 million at them. Yeah. I think it's interesting Nine that Netflix figures. thinks that, that sort of investment in these guys is uh, a good business deal. At this stage, that that's that's quite intriguing to me. Like, I'd want to be, I want to be, I'd want to, I want someone like, um, uh, a Lego Movie, uh um, Lord Miller, Lord and Miller, yeah, like, that's who kind recently of, had a similar, and they had a, they had this a pretty comparable deal. Like, that seems like money well spent. With uh, Sony, these guys, these guys only have one thing under their belt. Mm. Like, what else have they got on their resume? I, as I said, I'm not fully across their careers and whatnot, but mm. it seems like not a not the best move. Well, they wanted to
1: make that Confederate show, um, which yeah. got blasted <laughs> for months on end do, on the do you internet. Know, what,
0: can you explain at all like the bullet points of that? Or? It was just
1: like an alternate present. Sort of series where the confederate army had won the civil oh, war right um and you know where it just spun off from that kind of like man in the high castle sort of alternate right, okay present and the confederate flag has a lot of connotations yeah and and people were like especially you know with the politically charged climate we all live in yeah. nowadays um people were just like what the fuck are these people thinking like you really think this is the right thing for now um and who knows what they actually would have done with it but um it was very controversial at the time all plans were immediately scrapped um, but yeah, other than that, I have no idea what what their output really is i and I don't really understand this these studios kind of getting these like you know one or two people in these massive deals. It's like I don't know it feels kind of wrong headed to me like i mean who who out there creatively is like that strong of a figurehead that they can be in charge of this stuff like even Lord and miller like like yes they are they have a very diverse range of stuff they've done, and I think all of it's pretty much great. But um there,
0: it's, there it's are so many team. factors that it's a team yeah it's, yeah it's not it's not just these guys you look at Nolan you look at Fincher those guys work with the same editors sound designers uh, special effects visual effects production designers studios in, in they a lot of the you know it's' It is so much a team effort in this in this filmmaking game. You know, they're not mm. musicians. They don't. They, they haven't got just a guitar and a microphone and can go and jam out an album. <laughs> you know, that's that's not how it works in this space. So mm. I'm completely with you, man. Mm. Like, and maybe they bring those assets along with them. Maybe they bring those relationships, and that's part of the quote unquote deal. Mm. But it, yeah, I mean. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure, man. I don't think this is a good move. $200 million for the
1: honour of putting out a trailer saying, Netflix, a new series from D- Benny Offenweiss, the guys who bought you Game of Thrones. It's like, hey. From the creators of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh, and everyone's like, oh, that Boo fucking earns. thing. Who
0: owns? <laughs> <earns.
1: laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Uh, we've got to follow up on Venom 2 here. According to director Andy Serkis, Tom Hardy was very involved in the writing for the story with uh, returning Venom co-writer Kelly Marcel. Um, so we discussed this recently. Um, that Andy Circus had signed on to direct and had a a quick convo about what we thought were the strengths and weaknesses of the first film and how they could kind of uh, develop that for the for the sequel and if they were going to really attempt to take what what at least the two of us sort of appreciated about that first one. Um, I really want to watch it again. Continue, I really do as well. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I'm not going to watch it then. <laughs> um, so. I think this is encouraging because I think a lot of what I liked about the first one was stemming entirely from Tom Hardy. Um, That's it. His performance as both um, the symbiote and uh, Eddie Brock um, and their relationship. Um, I'm sure the director had some level of involvement with that, the writer, but um, what what I was just seeing <laughs> first up on screen was, was how he was doing it. I'm
0: like, I really like this relationship. I, I completely agree, man. I think, I really hope that Tom Hardy has kind of put his hand up for this and said, I get this character. Um, the script could have been better in this that way. Mm. Um, we've had a trial run now with Venom One, proof of concept, nice box office let l- l- Leave this with me because I've got a vision here. Mm. And I, he seems like the kind of guy to to do that. And, you know, I'm really excited to see what where it goes here because he was the best part of it. Can they not only dial that in even more, but get everything around Venom and Eddie Brock better? And maybe Tom Hardy saw those problems. You know, there's a lot of opportunity for improvement. As much as I love the first one, it's got a lot of problems.
1: I spent like 20 minutes the other day trying to think of if the bad symbiote had a person in it and who that was. I just realized I literally never came to a conclusion. I just remembered right now that it was Riz Ahmed. Yeah, it was Riz Ahmed. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Memorable yeah. film. Um, <laughs> so the first one had a lot of really interesting um, intentional, unintentional um, queer subtext in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and people oh, very hotly debate whether this was intended in any way, if it was uh, uh, cynical queer baiting. Um, if it was actually something they wanted to pursue for the story, which there is some precedent in the comic books. Um, and Tom Hardy is a very interesting actor. He's made a lot of comments over the years um, about his sexuality or rather non-comments about it, which makes me think that he is a really good force to be kind of driving this character and gives me some hope that they will pursue that avenue in an interesting way because it is so unheard of in the kind of superhero film realm um even a kind of romance of any kind is just so not touched upon nowadays the mcu has kind of left that as a thing of the past almost
0: we talked about that in the rankings episode mm. uh, uh steve rogers in civil war kissing uh agent old mate <laughs> yeah yeah um, 13 uh like yeah you know cap you know he's pretty he's getting pretty tight with bucky he's getting pretty schmoozy with bucky <laughs> can't let everyone know that you know, he likes Bucky yeah. in a, in a non-platonic way. Yeah, just like so just jammed in there for yeah. seemingly no good
1: reason. Um, so, yeah, I, I I like that Tom Hardy appears to care about this character. I think that's, that's fun and kind of speaks to the strength of the first film. I really hope this turns into a
0: series that uh, can win over some of the detractors even. Um, don't I think, think it can. <laughs> uh, I love that press conference when uh, Tom Hardy... Uh, it's like in all. It's in all the sort of you know celebrities slam the press or whatever videos mm. on YouTube. The like guys like uh, the, the you know this, this journalist sort of like uh, you know would you like to comment on your sexuality? Mm. Tom Hardy's like. The bloody hell are you on about mate? <laughs> like, and he says in the most calm, like, "fuck you, demeanor. Yeah. and it's so embarrassing. Like, he just makes this guy look like such an arsehole. <laughs> and it's it's so well handled. Yeah. And uh, I I think he's a very interesting guy. Yeah. So I'm keen to see how this one shapes up. Have you seen his old MySpace? He's got a, he's got a MySpace. And MySpace, yeah. Oh,
1: Everyone out there, look it up. I don't know if it still exists, but there's definitely a lot of articles about it. It's really funny. It's just
0: isn't he like a crack dealer?
1: <laughs> I. It's very much like him as a kind of lower class person and everything, everything that that entails. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he has a cool dog as well, but uh, (laughs) check that out. Um, Finally here. Why is this last? This is the biggest news of the week. Paramount and Hasbro (laughs) are developing a new G.I. Joe live action movie spinoff. In addition to the snake eyes film that they're already uh, producing. Snore. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, not much to talk about here. Um yeah, yeah. have You're you are the ever... G.I.
0: Joe guy. No, I'm not. Have you ever been into G.I. Joe in any capacity? Uh, honestly, it's one of those things that like we I had I didn't even have an action man. But mm. I didn't even really know about G.I. Joe. More of an American like... thing, really. Yeah, I think. But it's huge yeah. in America. Yeah. Um,
1: so we have had two live action G.I. Joe films. Um, I'm, if anything, I guess an apologist for them. I really like the first one, Rise of Cobra, um, directed by Steven Summers. I think he's a brilliant um kind of be movie blockbuster maker. He did Van Helsing and the mummy. Um, I didn't mind it. I didn't I've mind got a real it. soft spot for that movie. I think it's a lot of fun. Great cast. Uh, the, the,
0: there's some shots in there where it literally looks like toys yeah. on, on a carpet. <laughs> it was intentional. <laughs> I think it was. And I, and I appreciated that yeah. like Thunderbirds or almost.
1: Yeah. Um, Uh, The sequel, which was kind of a soft reboot, they killed everyone off at the beginning. That's right. Um, And then sort of had reshoots with Channing Tatum come back because he suddenly got really popular from Magic Mike. That's right. Um, (laughs) And they had The Rock in there and uh, that movie was much more of a mixed bag. I did like a lot of elements of it. Um, One of the elements I did not like was the planet destroying bullets where they like shot a bullet at London and just destroyed all of London, Are like serious? a giant, a giant. Yeah, it was essentially just they like, would shoot giant bullets at cities and destroy the whole That's city. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, it's it, kind
0: of like so dumb. Yeah, but it's awesome. It yeah, it, it it is kind of at that level. Which <laughs> but is, when you watch it, it's not, man. Yeah, it's and then not. <laughs> then they have
1: the whole um snake eyes and storm breaker, like you know running across the cliff all the like big ninja oh, battle. I missed that. That's good shit. Um, so. So first up, of course, we have the Snake Eyes movie coming starring uh, Ray Park again as Snake Eyes.
0: Oh, yeah. Ray Park's in that? Darth Ray Park Maul. Darth Maul himself mm-hmm. and Toad in X-Men 1.
1: Another another character he gets not to speak for, just like uh, Darth Maul. Fantastic. Who someone else That's the place. only way wow, I want it. Um, I don't know what they're going to be able to do with that movie. But this, this new one um, that they're developing is apparently going to be about a character called Chuckles, which I'd never heard of before. But supposedly he's an infiltrator. And the movie would be about him working his way up the ranks in Cobra, the organization. So it's essentially The Departed, but with G.I. Joe characters, which I think sounds
0: so incredibly fun. Uh, I, I, like, if they can pull it off, is, it, is, is this a reboot or is it in the same universe? It must be in the same universe if they're doing a Snake Eyes movie, um, which I think still has Ray Park in it. Because I didn't, mu- I, I quite liked the world they set up. Yeah, well, I, I, is didn't, it, I, I didn't hate it.
1: I like the how it's colorful and all these different characters. And they all have like a gimmick. It's yeah. it's kind of fun. It's like what Transformers aimed for and never really got to. Um, and uh, this premise alone, I think, is is just ripe for mining so many fun things. Like someone, like a good guy, working their way up through an evil organization, like a cartoonishly evil organization. I think that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so. Mm. But. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see when the time comes. It's probably gonna be shit. Um, what time is it, George?
0: Trailer town. Oh my, oh baby, are mm. uh, you gonna do it? No. Okay, first up, <laughs> woohoo! We've got Haunt. Now this was an interesting one. This kind of looked like a combination between Saw, The Strangers, Hostel, The Purge. <laughs> yeah, uh, I quite like the look of this. Mm. Uh, I don't know what it was, but it just seemed to have something a little more distinct about it than half the masked clown horror slaughter fest that you get.
1: Definitely. It did look like a more stylishly produced one of those, but still very much one of those. Um, and Eli Roth's name pops up as, as a producer credit there.
0: Which for me is not like a, an endorsement or something of, of uh, a positive thing.
1: No, it, cause it just immediately said to me that this is going to be just kind of real nasty, um, gory, violent, ugly stuff. Um, I, I had not watched this trailer before just then I'd seen an image and I thought it was going to be more of a supernatural thing, which, um, I'm more inclined to be interested in if this is just a bunch of, uh. Dickheads murdering
0: people, I'm like we're enough of that in the real world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, that's it. Exactly.
1: Yeah, but like you said, it looks well done.
0: Yeah. I, I think I think that's it. It's it's like there was a level of sophistication in the production design, mm. the masks, the lighting, the look of the the sets. It just kind of seemed elevated than your stock standard sort of director DVD horror schlock fest. Mm. Um so yeah, that that, that, that one was haunt. Now we're going to move on to the second one. Uh, Dolmite is my name. Now this is Eddie Murphy making it back to the big leagues. Again. For the sixth, sixth time. Everyone remember Tower Heist? <laughs> oh, my With God. With Matthew Broderick. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. We just shut this podcast down now. <laughs> um, fucking hell. Tower Heist. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's a trip back. Um. I'm loving this. I'm loving the look of this.
1: Yeah. So a true story of uh, the man who went on to become Dolomite the, in the film of the same name. Um, I, I, I mostly want to talk about this because I feel like a segment of our listeners would be of an age where they don't remember a world where Eddie Murphy is one of the biggest stars in existence. And he just kind of disappeared. Like he made a string of very bad movies, yes, Pluto Nash and uh, and what have you, mm-hmm. uh, and Haunted then Mansion. then just nothing. Yeah, um, he'd pop up every now and then in something like Dreamgirls and everyone would be like, hey, he's he's great again. But
0: then he got a lot of bad
1: press. Yeah, you know,
0: with Mel B from the Spice Girls, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The you know the kid that he never, yeah, you know he disowned the kid essentially. But I think he's reconnected there. I'm mm. not sure. You know, it's it's one of those things that I struggle with a lot. is like the artist, you know, the art versus the artist. Mm. The you know, because every celebrity is a bad
1: person, and <laughs>
0: well, probably every person. Yeah, is a bad I mean, like person. I'm a horrible person, so how can I
1: judge anyone else? But they're they're so in the public <laughs> sphere. Um,
0: but you know, like this, he is at, at his craft. Mm. This guy is fucking incredible. Mm. Just as a human being there's some things that like left to be decided. So, you know, I'll never will be able to watch raw that that stand up of his from the, the 80s. I'll never be able to watch that and get as much enjoyment as I did when I was 14 years old with my, when I watched it with my granddad and but, we were just in tears laughing. Yeah. If he had died
1: the day after he shot Roy, you still wouldn't be able to watch it the same way. Cause there's a lot of questionable material in that. There nowadays. is so much questionable yeah. material. But I, I absolutely get what you're saying. And it's
0: so not 2019, mm. you know, it's just not in vogue. It's not part of the, the collective consciousness to think in the way that he does in that. Mm. But it's fucking hilarious, man, some of the shit he comes up with. And in terms of delivering jokes, like this guy is, is unbelievably talented. Well,
1: that's the thing. He was uh, like an, an A-grade superstar in stand-up comedy and in acting at different times. And and both of them he's virtually retired from. I, I know stand-up he said he's never going to go back to because like how's he going to follow that? Well, I
0: heard he's coming back.
1: Oh, yeah. Isn't someone trying Netflix. to pay him like a lot of money to do it? I think it? he's yeah. got
0: like three coming up. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. He lied. <laughs> He's a bad person. <laughs> uh, but in terms of this, this itself, like the cast is awesome. Mm. Um, Wesley Snipes, another kind of huge guy who disappeared <laughs> for very different reasons. Hey, don't forget about Demolition Man. <laughs> Never forget. No. Like I, I'm really excited for this. This looks cool. Yeah, for especially for a
1: Netflix film. Um, cool cast. And also, cool like, I, like
0: like I'm not into these biopics. I'm I'm done. I'm I'm over it. Mm. But this looks fucking awesome. Mm. It it's it's it, cheerful. It's fun. It's it's something different. It's got a bit of a risque element to it. Yeah, as well. So and yeah. it
1: has not only an interesting story but a very interesting subject. Um, which you need at least one for a half decent biopic.
0: Totally, and it's got both of them. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm. Next up, we've got a hidden life. Uh, Terrence Malick. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I literally like, I was like, "What the fuck was this? too too hidden?" <laughs> um, yeah, this looks pretty. Terence Malick. <laughs> it looks very Terence Malick. He has a so so like recently. I, I've started a little like side business, um, like a videography business for the restaurants and stuff, and had to really get my head around lenses and stuff. Mm. Something like it's never not
1: nev- pornography.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Uh, um, and i've never understood lenses but now i've got a much deeper appreciation and and when i'm watching films i'm kind of thinking about lenses now and in this in this he's using such wide lenses you know he's using a 10 mil or an 18 mil like Mm. you know really really wide and it's so fascinating to see him just kind of stick to that really all-encompassing image like even when he's in on the baby and the dad you know he's just using that lens and it's kind of like kind of sucks you into this canvas of an image Mm. i mean it's it's so interesting how distinct he is with with his sort of visual palette yeah you would Uh,
1: know immediately this is a terence malick film
0: and and the production design the grading looks really nice it's got that dunkirk kind of desaturated world war ii look Mm. um but in terms of like Terrence Malick in, in narrative storytelling, he kind of loses me a lot of the time.
1: I'm pretty sure all I've seen is Tree of Life, which okay. I did not like at all, except for that one extended sequence that anyone who's seen it knows which one I'm talking about, which was amazing. Just YouTube that if you haven't watched it, like the, the, the Dawn of the Universe or the yeah. Big Bang sequence. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the movie left me very cold. Yeah. Um, which, which a movie of that subject should not because it was meant to be the big emotional kind of quintessential human story.
0: And, and there's a part of me that kind of like there's some, something and, and obviously this is just the trailer, but there seems to be a lack of nuance in this, like Nazis are bad and Nazis govern the country that we live in. And when like, you know, it'll be interesting to see the presentation, but it's a lot, it's very, very complex. What, what happened in, in Germany, you know, in that period of time mm. and, and where it was economically the level of patriotism, you know, obviously there was a certain sex of people, you know, it wasn't like everyone in Germany was wanted you know, what was endorsing what the Nazi was doing. Well, that and seems to be what this huge is tackling. resistance, Of course, of course. Um, but I, I want to see like what the angle they go, because in this, it seemed like almost like in a preachy way, mm. you know, and it's like, uh, it's it, it's it's interesting to to examine what 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 was going on at that time, mm. um, and I, I would like to see how they how they how they go about that because to me in this trailer it just seems like a little bit one noted.
1: Yeah, I thought it looked pretty interesting, but I I just know that if I it comes out that this movie is like three hours long, I'm just gonna be like probably not gonna, <laughs> um, because I don't know if I can take that it's much. It's all in the vibe. Again. Yeah, yeah.
0: Number four probably my favorite of the week, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like, this is a lot of money on the screen. Yeah. Like they've really gone to town on this one. Yeah. They, they've so clearly
1: just dedicated themselves to being like, this is going to be the puppet thing for this generation. <laughs> Cause um, it's not a thing that happens anymore. Um, And surely they're not trying to position this as a revival because nothing's going to bring that back. Um, I, I hope on the strength of just the, the craft alone that this is successful because it looks so
0: beautiful. It, it, it is just gorgeous.
1: Yeah. And even if it's like the original where it's just an amazing production that honestly is kind of a bit of a snooze. Um, I still think it will be worthwhile. Cause like I said, no one's doing
0: this. I agree. Yeah. It's inspiring. You know, it's, it hits it's yeah, the the first one it's it's lacking in narrative, but it's so special in other ways. And mm. and I think they it seems like they're rectifying that in this. It seems yeah. like there's a lot more story here. Mm. And they're really trying to uncover the world. Um I'll be interested to see how many episodes this ends up being. I'm sure it'll be more like six or eight. Hopefully. Um rather than thirteen. Mm. Um You know, I'm not really keen to see you know, big peek behind the curtains of you know the origin stories of the Dark Crystal, but I'm really keen to just revisit this world and see what else is going on here. Yeah, I I hope I would really love it if they released like a
1: companion series behind the scenes stuff because um everything that happens at, at Jim Henson Studios is is fascinating, um and I think that would be probably the
0: most interesting way to watch this. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm. That's the good stuff. Uh, finally, the last trailer of this week: Titans. Season two, mm-hmm. probably the worst trailer I've watched this year in terms of
1: editing, which is impressive because last year the worst trailer was Titans season one, <laughs> <laughs> but way less talked about. This one has this one. Yeah, I didn't even know it came out. Yeah, so uh, so Titans is a very interesting subject because yes, it is. Everyone knows it as the fuck Batman show, um, which had one uh, woeful Comic Con I think trailer. That um, went over very, very poorly. I lost everyone. Yeah, and this was meant to be a big flagship title for DC's streaming service, um, which I don't think is doing well anyway. But uh, basically, no one ended up watching it or covering, uh, covering it. We ended up doing a review because, honestly, just I couldn't see anyone talking about Literally
0: it. Literally, there were no reviews
1: out. Literally yeah. no reviews. Yeah, and I felt compelled to make you guys sit down and watch it so we could talk about it because honestly, the series itself I loved. It was so good, man. Yeah, um, and I still, even after all of our efforts, I still don't see anyone talking about it. No.
0: It is. It, it, it. was one of those ones where I was like, "Eh, Benny, I don't, I don't know. You crazy I know, motherfucker. Man. I just don't know. <laughs> I've been burnt before, Ben." <laughs> <laughs> but I can't tell you. That's pro- that's that behind. You know, I, I don't watch a lot of TV series, but that's one of my favorites of the year behind Chernobyl for sure. Wow. Uh, but this trailer, like the content in it, mm. I'm excited for. Mm. Uh, nice to see Bruce Wayne. You know, let's see how that goes and, mm. and where this opens up and it really seems to be, exp- be expanding the world. But man, this was one of the worst cut trailers I've ever seen in terms of pacing. The first minute and a half or something was just like a recap of the first season because like I guess they know no one watched it. And literally the first <clears throat> 10 seconds is just like punch, kick, explosion, kick, explosion, punch. And they fucked themselves so hard
1: because if you remember, the, the first season ended an episode early. Yeah. It ended on a cliffhanger. Um, there was meant to be another episode that wrapped that up, which is so evident from this trailer because yeah. this trailer has to recap the first season up to the point of the cliffhanger,
0: but then the rest of the trailer is just clearly after whatever that was about, yeah so it 's all solved and it said and then and then it comes up with text really jarringly, where are they now or or that was then that was then <laughs> <or something>. now <laughs> and i 'm like, are you for real yeah this is this is This is very disappointing, and I hope that this is not reflective of the final product.
1: Which it wasn't last time. I feel so, um, Uh, and
0: I and I feel that way for this one as well. Yeah, this trailer, shite trailer.
1: This trailer gets me excited in only so much as it reminded me that season two is coming, even though you know the likes of uh, Swamp Thing got cancelled after one episode. Yeah, on, DC.
0: Oh well, well that's it for trailers. Let's finish up with question of the week, and we have a really nice comment on our marvel rankings episode the part 2 which was episodes uh sorry um positions uh 10 to 1 uh this is from jacob Hi, slash jacob. aura filmworks hey jacob um so uh, this is great like so he initially came up with one of the first comment um i like your guys stuff but this is a terrible list <laughs> And I came back with, you know, a little comment. And then, um, you know, so Jacob's just basically um, said said to us here, just thought we could have had a, a little bit more reasoning with some of your lower rankings films that are more beloved by fans. E.G. Iron Man, Guardians 1, Avengers 1. Also, not sure your list aggregate matches up, e.g. endgame at three has uh, from an aggregate of two, position two, six, and 12. So, yeah, in the list, guys, we each submitted a list and then we created a master list from those. And the reason why those don't match up, Benny,
1: is... Uh, It was kind of a weighted ranking system. It wasn't just like number one gets 10 points, number 23 points, number two gets 22 points. Um, it's like an exponential curve. Yeah, number one got significantly more points than number two, just because yeah. I wanted people to really think about uh, where they were putting, you know, their number one over their number two. Like it meant a lot more than putting it number two.
0: Emphasizing that, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that clears that up. Hopefully that explains that one. Um, but yeah, the first half of the question, you know, some of the beloved ones, you know, Iron Man, Guardians One, Avengers One, they were they were lower down our list. Uh, what well, it, it, it's a tough one because. You know, and I think we've re- referenced this a lot in the in the podcast, uh, like a lot of those positions sort of 12 onwards to 18 or 19, there's a lot of interchangeable stuff. And yeah. I might even rewatch another one of them and it, it'll improve it and then it'll go back to the top. I would
1: say pretty much any movie from like number one to number
0: 18, even upon
1: rewatch, will probably jump ahead of some of the other ones on the list. You could um, be it's, right. It's always in flux based on when I last saw it and what that experience was exactly. Um, even that that number one to 18, there's there's not a movie in there I don't like. Um, so it's basically, if I, I'm putting something lower on the list, it's just because I like another one more for some particular reason. Um, and I, I do think we chucked in a, a fair few minor negatives on, on just even those three. Oh, yeah, we definitely did.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and and you know we had we had about two hours two hours ten for each three of us to give reasons across twenty three films. Mm. You know it's not a lot of time to get everything out, and a, a lot of this when I was creating the list, it's just going on emotion. It's not going on feeling. It's not really know analytical process things get pretty heated when connor and i are in the room yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't always you can't always be, be thinking these
1: things through um if you want to talk about it more please i could go for another fucking 10 hours on on, the, on that
0: ranking but yeah i think i think with reference i think Avengers one that was number six in our list like it was, it was pretty high up the top mm. but iron man one and guardians one uh those are often heralded as you know classics and, and top five or top ten. Mm. But Iron Man for me on my last rewatch, I was quite very underwhelmed by. Mm. Um, Robert Downey Jr. carries that whole thing and, and whilst yeah. and it really gasses out in the second half. Mm. Once he gets out of that cave, or we've gotten to really the the first proper suit, that mm. last 45 minutes kind of sucks. Yeah. It doesn't
1: really hold up to any kind of scrutiny on and any then level.
0: Guardians one is just one of being those ones where the novelty factor was so strong when it came out but then over time it's it's just kind of not been as good. Mm. For you know it's kind of like the force awakens. I I'll, I'll, I'll never forget I was on cloud 9 when I came out of the force awakens. Mm. And every subsequent viewing has kind of just gone down a little bit. Mm. Same thing with Guardians.
1: Yeah, and then you get some some of the Marvel movies that maybe are a little softer in your on your first viewing and then you come back to them and you like them more each time. So, you know, some of the, they just kind of move around. Winter Soldier, that's one for me. Yeah, and and when you watch them as often as as we tend to um you get to weird rankings like ours. I kind of
0: love that ours is weird. You know, mm. if it was just a standard list, I you know, Ant-Man was number f- 5 or something. That that made me very happy. And I love the areas where we deviate from
1: the norm that the three of us agree upon. That's yeah. really interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. The three of us don't agree upon too much, but um <laughs> when uh when our list is so different from the general consensus, but in an in, in agreed upon way fascinates me. The fact that Ultron was ahead of Avengers 1, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised oh, people aren't raging man. more on that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for not giving us just entirely thumbs down on yeah. those videos.
0: <laughs> so, guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week. We're wrapping up and we'll be back next week and we'll be back for some movie antics. Mm-hmm. I don't know really what movies are coming out soon, but... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, fuck. Probably talk about that. Oh.
1: <laughs> Probably even the though, biggest movie of the year, even though it's been oh, out for a month uh, elsewhere in the world. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's there's times when we're living in Australia is great when mm-hmm. you have a Marvel film coming out, and there's times where when you're actually getting film films, it's it's terrible place to live. Yeah, we get everything six months later. Bye everyone. Bye Benny. Bye George. Bye. Bye. Bye.